Sun Life Community Church came into being as the result of a compelling vision for a different kind of church, interested in what we call the Sun Life, experiencing and sharing the life of God's Son. Perhaps your heart is burdened these days. We invite you to allow the Word of God through the words of this message to bring rest to your soul and joy to your heart. Heavenly Father, we ask now as we open your word and prepare our hearts and not only for what you have in the future for us this month, but also what you have for us this day as we will gather around the Lord's table. Just ready us, secure us, steady us. Whatever we might need, Father, may we go home so much more secure than we walked in. For we ask this and ask that your word will begin to do that for us even now. Bless this, this opening of your word now. For Jesus' sake and for ours as well, we pray. Amen. Well, how about something new in 2022? My first message in 2021 set the stage for an entire year, a year-long series of messages that we called Red Letter Living. Now, today's message, my first one in 2022, sets the stage for a five-week series of messages that I'm calling Be My Bride. Be My Bride, a proposal like no other. Now, the fact that I've printed the title in red likely tips you off to the fact that I believe this proposal could have come from whom? Whose words do we write in red? Jesus. So it might be, I'm suggesting that maybe from the mouth of Jesus himself would come this proposal. Be my bride. I want us to think about that for the month of January. And we have five Sundays in January. And so January, as you see there on your notes, will be for us a month of consideration. Considering what is the nature of this proposal that we are proposing would come to us from Jesus himself. Be my bride. Now, generally speaking, I can say right on the first Sunday here, this is an invitation to become part of the bride of Jesus Christ, which really is the combined total of all born-again children of God. This proposal means to join his church with all the joy and the delight of a bride on her wedding day. Be that, Jesus says. Function. Like my bride, be my bride. If we go all the way to the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation, John got a vision of an immense, glorious structure that he said represents the bride of Christ, a glorious partner for him for all eternity. Now that partner is made up, as I said, of every single born-again believer in their heavenly state, in their glorified state, 
But you and I can set our hearts and minds upon being part of that and living out the significance of that even before we arrive in heaven. So January will be a month of consideration. What all is meant here? During the month, six specific directives or distinctives will capture our attention. What are the elements of of this relationship Jesus is inviting us into? What is the nature of this proposal? We'll know a lot more about it when we get done than we do this morning. That'll take up the month of January. February will be a month of commitment. The question will be, well, who's ready to accept this proposal? Who's ready to enter into an engagement, a commitment, a fresh commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ who is making such a proposal to us? By the time we come to that first Sunday in February, you will surely know if you are ready or not. The first Sunday in February is a commitment Sunday for us. A commitment Sunday where we'll get an opportunity to respond to the proposal Jesus is making to be his his bride, especially in the year 2022. Now after that, the months of March through December will be 10 months We could consider, keeping this picture in our mind, to be months of engagement and preparation for the wedding that will come someday. Again, talks about it in the book of Revelation. But we're going to get ready as though that day is coming at the end of the year. And so we'll be entering into that time. We've accepted the proposal to be his bride. We'll be getting ourselves ready for that event. And by God's grace, maybe we will see the Lord by the end of this year. Maybe he will return. And there'll be no further time for us to ready ourselves. But the goal is that we'll be ready if he comes on December 31st. We'll have the whole year to get ready. Consider the date to be possibly set. And so those months... As we accept the proposal to be his bride, we will be readying ourselves just like any bride would do for that coming event. And so today we begin the month of consideration. It's January. And there's one key question to consider. What is the distinctive nature of the congregation called Sun Life Community Church? Because the part of the bride that we're in is this local fellowship. There are parts of Christ's bride scattered all over the world. At any given moment, there are people considering themselves and considering this proposal to be, to desire to be, to commit themselves to be, to accept Christ's invitation to be his bride. And it'd be great to think that every one of those churches all around the world, tens and tens of thousands of congregations, are actually going to give the focus to it that we are beginning today. To allow themselves, billions possibly of believers, to say, what does it mean to be the bride of Christ, my Savior, and to ready myself to just thrill him on that final day? So we're going to look at six distinctions of this part 
particular part of his bride, this church, this fellowship, because that's the one we're in. And uh, this morning, I want us to consider what I would think would be perhaps the most unique aspect of that distinctive nature. It's the aspect that causes us to enter into this month of consideration every single January. Whether I preach on it or not, January every year is a a month of getting ready for a very particular kind of commitment, a day of commitment. And it is a distinction, not to say good or bad about it, but it is a distinction that sets us, this little congregation apart, from almost every other church in this country. So it really is a distinctive of us. Because see, here's answer part one. What does it mean? What's the nature of being part of Christ's bride here in this particular fellowship? Well, the answer part one says this. Sun Life Community Church is an annually renewed congregation. Christ's proposal must be considered each and every year. Now, not every year do I take the month of January to talk about it. But this month, we have that opportunity this year, and so I want to do that. 27 years ago, when we structured ourselves in this annually renewable way, we followed solid biblical precedent. This is not something I came up with as a result of a dream or a weird thought. Or somebody say, how could we build this church in such a way that it's distinct from all others that we know? Didn't come that way at all. It came from understanding there's a solid biblical precedent for being an annually renewed group of people. Just think with me, we'll go through this quickly this morning. When God first established the Hebrew nation, after they had come out of their bondage in Egypt and he was laying down the rules and the regulations and the way things should be done that would distinguish them as a people, God built annual renewal right into the fabric of their souls. The most impressive and significant annual renewal event was Passover itself. Passover commemorated and celebrated the great deliverance from bondage in Egypt. The deliverance God provided in the days of Moses. That went back maybe 1,200 years before the birth of Christ. That was an ancient Hebrew history by the time Jesus came to earth. Passover specifically commemorated and celebrated the great protection that God gave them when he passed through the land and part of that final judgment against Egypt, the 10th plague, God passed through the land and he took the life of every single firstborn in the country. Firstborns to the families of the Egyptians. Firstborn in their flocks. The firstborn male, I should say, of in, throughout the whole land. And they died that night. And there was incredible distress in the land, as you can imagine, even in Pharaoh's own household. However, however, God passed over all the Hebrew homes whose doorposts displayed the blood 
of the Passover lamb. They were never to forget that. I am sure every mom in every one of those homes who woke up the next morning and her firstborn child was still alive and breathing said, God has delivered us as they heard the wails and the moans all around them of people that God had judged for their sin, judged for their hard hearts, judged Pharaoh himself for refusing to let the people go and worship God. Oh, can you imagine every time that mother looked at that boy? Her heart was raised in praise to God. She said, I'll never forget. She, do you think she ever let him forget that night? You could have been killed. You could have been killed. You would have been killed if God had not provided a way. Because he judged this land on that night. And the truth of it is, we are no more holy than they are, really. We're as sinful as anyone else, as fallen, as in need of forgiveness, in as much need of a God who loves and watches over and protects. And that night, he protected you. What a testimony to bear through your whole life. If it only happened once, if they only remembered it as long as those boys were alive, it'd be a profound thing. But you see, they were never to forget this. Even after the first generation of moms and dads had passed away, after the first generation, the actual sons that had been protected passed away, they were to remember there is a God who provides There is a God who protects. There's a God we can trust. And so God said every year, every year, here's some scriptures, key Passover passages. In Exodus, that's the book Moses wrote telling the story firsthand. He was there. He said, God said, Exodus 12, 14, this is a day that you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You are to celebrate it, that is, the Passover, as a lasting ordinance. He told them just how to prepare the meal, just how it ought to be done, all the details of it. And he says, this must be done, just like you you killed that Passover lamb the night that the Lord went through the, the land of Egypt. You are to prepare a similar thing and say to your children, this is like what happened then. Every year they were to do that. God got them out of Egypt, and you remember the people. They had a tendency not to remember, not to obey, not to yield themselves. And when God would have brought them into the promised land, they they were fearful of those who were in there, and God had to judge that generation. For 40 years they wandered in the wilderness until every single one of them who had been 21 years or older when they passed over the Red Sea into their hope for freedom until that whole generation had died. And after that happened, we read here in the book of Joshua, as God says, now this fresh generation who does believe in me, this fresh generation that I will work with, they will go into the land and they will receive the inheritance and the blessing 
And so in Joshua 5, verse 10, 40 years has passed now. It says, and on the 14th day of the month, that was the very day, that was the very day, 40-some years earlier in Egypt when it had happened, on the 14th day of the first month of the year, while they were camped on the plains of Jericho. Anybody remember anything about Jericho? What happened to the walls of Jericho? Came tumbling down. That was the first great demonstration of God's power and majesty and, and his protection as Jericho stood there like a citadel almost right in the front of the, all the promised land is behind them and you've got to get through this city. They were camped on the plains of Jericho looking at that mighty fortified city and they celebrated Passover with the thought, if God protected us once, God can protect us again. If God can defeat our enemies and protect us from his judgment once, he can do it again. They celebrated, and they remembered, and the Israelites, he says, celebrated the Passover right there with the shadow of Jericho upon them. Powerful moment. Year after year after year, they were to celebrate it on the 14th day of the first month. Now, centuries later, and I mean centuries later, we read in, in the book of Second Kings where it tells the story of all the kings of Israel, one right after another, Israel and Judah. Some were good, some were not good, some followed the Lord a little bit, some uh, disobeyed the Lord a lot. And during all that checkered history, there finally came a king, a young man, really, named Josiah. He became king, and he discovered the book of the law. It had been forgotten. It had been laid aside. It was in the dust heap of the temple with all the other things, and and they discovered the book of the law, and they read in the book of the law about the Passover, this was to be an ordinance for all generation. They read the words that, that I just read a moment ago from the book of Exodus. And Josiah says, we have to do that. King of, King of Israel at that time, of Judah, we must do that. So the king, it says, 2, Sam, 2 Kings 23, 21, and 22, the king gave this order, celebrate the Passover. That means all of you, everybody, celebrate the Passover as it is written in this book of the covenant. And then the writer of 2 Kings says, not since the days of the judges. Oh, how much time had they wasted? How much time had, had things fallen into disrepute and, and just not been kept up? Aren't we like that a lot? Even on a year's basis, we let things just fall into neg neglect. We don't keep up. We don't do what we should. And it says, not since the days of the judges had any such Passover. Probably a Passover with the king's blessing. Probably a Passover with all the celebration of having discovered something new and important. It said, we're going to do this. We're going to obey God. Not since the days of the judges had any such Passover been celebrated. God knew. 
God knew his people would need to be regularly, annually reminded of the great actions he had taken on their behalf. Once a year, once every year, it said, the people were to travel to the place where God had placed his name and had put his holy place. His holy place initially was the tabernacle. Temple took a while to be built, not till the days of Solomon. But since those days, that place was Jerusalem. Every year, travel there and celebrate, among other things, the Passover to be reminded of what God has done and what God still will do. The Old Testament ends with the book of Malachi. The New Testament begins with the book of Matthew. We know that. What we sometimes forget is there were 400 years between the last word written in Malachi and the first word written in Matthew. And a lot of things happened. Things were not just pleasant. The Jewish people during that entire time lived under somebody else's authority. The nations changed, the king's names changed, but the people of God were not living the kind of life they lived under David and Solomon, the glory of their own independent kingdom. But one thing they did, they remembered Passover. They remembered the things God said that they should do. They still had a place, Jerusalem, where they could go. And as far as we know, for those 400 years, they they didn't stray away again. They came out of that Babylonian captivity with at least a commitment to really be God's people. And so when Jesus was born, the going to Jerusalem on the 14th day of the first month was well established. And Joseph and Mary took Jesus and their other children every single year. That's a commitment Jesus maintained through the years of his earthly ministry. You read through the Gospels and you see, and they they went up to Jerusalem at Passover time. Sometimes he went a little more quietly than other times. The final time he went there was when he entered the city on what we call Palm Sunday to great pomp and circumstance. He was entering and it was Passover time. Annual renewal was always the intention. And then I just mentioned there also was another great annual day. It was a different time of the year. It was in the fall of the year. But a time when that became known as the Day of Atonement. When the high priest would enter into the holy place and he would offer a sacrifice for the sins of the entire nation. And that was to happen every year. And the Israelites were to be there to participate in that incredible high and holy day, confessing that they are sinners, confessing they need to have forgiveness for their sins and realizing that only a substitute could provide that. And the best substitute they had was a pure spotless lamb. God knows. You see, God knows that there would eventually be one coming who actually entered the city on that Palm Sunday celebration. There was one coming who would be called the Lamb of God 
who would take away the sins of the whole world. Not just one lamb, a substitute for the substitute that had to be done every single year. But there would come a time when Jesus Christ himself would be presented as God's lamb. That when people put their faith and trust in him, they would be protected from any judgment of God that might come upon the world. God knows the value of annual renewals. He built them right into the system, the worship system of his chosen people. Now here, to get back to us, to fast forward through all the centuries, here we are today and we're saying that we at Sun Life Community Church have sought to do the same thing. We've sought to follow the pattern laid down by the Father all these centuries and apply it to our own circumstance. And so we practice what we call an annually renewed membership. You see, we do have a membership. We do give people opportunity to say, I want to be identified as a member of this fellowship. We give that opportunity one time a year. And that membership lasts for 12 months. It's an annual, annual renewable membership. And every member's membership expires every year on the Saturday before the first Sunday in February. So those of you who committed yourself as members last February, myself included, we have one more month to be considered members of Sun Life Community Church. And then the year's up. And there's a fresh opportunity to say, I want to respond to the call of Jesus Christ to be part of his church, to be part of his fellowship, to yield myself to him as my Lord and my Savior, the head of this church. And so the first Sunday in February, every single year, we give ourselves the opportunity, as we like to say, to walk the aisle, come right down front and sign our name to a membership statement, a membership commitment. It's our annual opportunity to respond to Christ's invitation to be my bride. The first Sunday in February 1995, how many of you were alive? First Sunday in 1995. Almost everybody here. That was our first commitment Sunday. Five weeks from today, February 6th, 2022 will be our 27th opportunity. This annually renewed aspect of Sun Life Community Church creates certain key dynamics. It just sort of sets in motion some things that can bring a degree of energy and life and understanding of who we are and what we are and why we are to our fellowship. And I rejoice over every one of them, and I'm just going to share them fast. They're printed right there in front of you. Here's the first one. All who sign that membership statement will be in their first year of membership. There is no pecking order of longevity here at Sun Life Community Church. Those of you who have not been here for a long, long time, when you came through the doors the first time, did you find anybody in a suit or tie and saying, huh, so you decide to walk through the door today, huh? I've been a member here for 25 years. Let me ask you a couple of questions. 
Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. I myself have only been a member of this church functionally for a year. 11 months, to be accurate. I have no carryover benefit. My membership will also expire on February 5th of this year. The entire congregation of 2021 will cease to exist. A new one-year renewable one will come into being. Just as the Lord's mercies, the Bible tells us, are new every morning, so Sun Life Community Church arises new every February, even as it ceases to exist on the final Saturday every January. I believe it's an amazing dynamic, just to think about that. One of our members who passed into the Lord's presence just a few weeks ago, Rex Willis, he was here for a long, long time. I knew him before Sun Life even started, and he was part of Sun Life from day one. And one Sunday a few years ago, there was a visitor here that came in, knew Rex, says, so Rex, how long have you been a member here? Rex says, well, I'm just about one year now. But this is about 10 years in. See, Rex understood right along and was able to say that, well, I've been a member about a year now. We're getting on toward our, our, our annual renewal. We're all in our, our first year of membership who is a member here. Now, here's a second dynamic. Membership is an individual decision. Some of you have experienced something like this. I know I have and been part of it in the past, but let me just say, no church leader, for those who walk down this aisle and sign their name, and we'll look at that statement in a minute, sign their name, there is no one in this church, no church leader, certainly not me, who will interview you to make sure you're legit, to make sure that you meet the requirements, and there will be no congregational meeting to vote you into membership. Some of you maybe have experienced that in the past. Your response is to Christ's proposal to become part of his bride in this place. It's between you and him. Each one who signs will receive their own little membership card. It's good for one year. These commitments, these renewed commitments are individual it's something you are, are saying to the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church himself. Here's the third one. There's no age requirement. This is a distinctive aspect of our fellowship. You see, children, I, I said years ago, and I'd still stand by, any child who is old enough to scribble something that looks like a name, let them come forward and scribble. Because to the degree that they understand, they are saying, I want to be part. I want to be part of this. So children, under their parents' spiritual counsel and guidance, are as welcomed as anyone else to declare themselves part of this fellowship of believers. As early in life as possible, we want our children to identify with Christ's church as their own family of faith. Now, also, let me say there's no upper age limit. Well, I'm just too old now. If you can't walk down the aisle, we'll push you down. If you can't walk down the aisle, I'll take a, a slip of the paper to you and let you sign where you are. 
We have people who have signed through email and other ways. And, but you see, you're never too old to be a vital part of this fellowship. Never are you too old to make a fresh commitment to Christ. In a few short weeks, we will see standing in this aisle, getting ready to make that commitment, we will see 80-year-olds and 8-year-olds standing side by side, standing, signing the membership commitment and considering themselves to be peers in this fellowship. The young one will look up at the old one and say, wow, they consider me important enough to be part of this. The old one will look down at the young one and say, wow, the faith isn't passing away with my generation. And they see this one, and, and I can guarantee you, and though on that morning, there will be tears of joy and wonder in the eyes of many. It's a unique moment for us. Now, here's the fourth and most important dynamic. It is a definite and specific commitment, not something vague or nebulous. And so we write it out. Got it in your, uh, your notes today. Let me just read it for the first time this year. It's, a, it's an action statement. When you come and sign it, you're not saying, I have, like 40 years ago, done something. You say, I am doing something right now. And here's what it says. Placing my faith entirely in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior from the penalty of sin and relying upon the Holy Spirit as my guide and power for Christian living and acknowledging the Word of God as my foundation and framework for spiritual understanding and agreeing with the Sun Life Community Church Statement of Faith and Covenant. And by the way, I printed up some of those and we have them on the counter in the foyer. Just a statement of faith that's a blessing just to read through it. What we believe. And then a covenant, which is kind of how we behave. How does God call a believer to behave in this fallen world? They're all printed up there along with the membership commitment. So you can pick one up and study it a bit. But doing that, and then embracing the six-fold ministry strategy of Sun Life Community Church. We discussed one of those this morning. I do, here it comes, I do commit myself to live this year, 2022, as a follower of Jesus and member of Sun Life Community Church. That's your decision. That's between you and God. And when you make it, we believe you. We believe you. And we rejoice in that. And we gather together, the sum total, we print up cards. On the first Sunday in February, we take all those membership cards, put them in our first fruits basket, and say, Father, here is this year's congregation we offer to you. Bless them, keep them, guide them, use them. And that becomes a, a special day, first Sunday in March. You see, that's, that statement that I just read is how we respond here at Sun Life Community Church to Christ's proposal. I'd encourage you this month, read it again and again. Discuss it with one another. Explain it to your children. Rejoice that you can go on record making such a public statement of faith and commitment. You see, the truth of it is, 
If you asked a whole bunch of American Christians, maybe who've been saved for a long time, been in faithful in church for a long time, you ask them, when was the last time you made a public statement of your faith in Jesus Christ? They'd say, wow, it was maybe when I got baptized. Maybe it was 40 years ago. It might be when I came forward in a service and, and accepted Christ as my Savior. But, you know, then I've just kind of lived my life. It's a marvelous thing. You will find yourself stirred, if you've not experienced it before, to sign your name to a document that says, I belong to Jesus Christ. He is my Savior. He's my Lord. I believe in the Word of God, and I'm doing this publicly. And then for the whole year, I carry a little card that has that statement right on it that I could say, here's here's who I am. Why, just a few months ago, maybe just a week ago, I publicly confess that I'm one of these people. I believe these things. I am placing my faith in Jesus Christ. I do that every day. And it, it brings a dynamic, a life force into you, a biblical one. So our final thought says this. Being annually renewed means things never get stale. Turn to somebody and say, it's never going to get stale. Go ahead. Or lost in the shuffle. Say that. I'm going to let it be lost in the shuffle. Now, I won't ask you right now how many of you can, can put your hand on your membership card. Do you know where it is? I got mine in my wallet here. Every now and then you pull it out when you're trying to buy a, something in a store, like it's a credit card. But then just say, oh, I'm sorry, that, that, that's not my credit card. I can't buy with that, but boy, I've been bought with it. And here, let me tell you about it a little bit. Do you know Jesus is your Savior? Just keep it with you. Don't let it get lost in the shuffle like the book of the law was in Josiah's day. We are never more than 12 months away from hearing Jesus say, be my bride. I imagine we're, we're ready to respond to that already, but we got a few more weeks to even ready ourselves more. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you care, that we remember the things that you have done. Father, we are excited to know you built right into the worship structure of your people regular events, annual events. And Father, there were times they forgot. There were times that they neglected. There were times when they rebelled against those things. But those things still remain. And when they were acted upon, they brought life and power and purpose to your people. And Father, that's what we want. We want to continue to have life and power and purpose as we declare ourselves to be members of the Church of Jesus Christ, members of his glorious bride, and particularly because this is where we are to be participants and members of this particular local fellowship. So God bless us as we ready ourselves. Prepare us for all that lies ahead. And thank you for providing the very things we can do that keep us from ever forgetting. For we ask this and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has inspired you to live the sun life together with us. 
If you are near Apple Valley, California this weekend, we invite you to join us in person Sunday morning or through our live broadcast. All the details are on our website at sunlifecommunitychurch.com.